Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome back to Lose Yourself. We now rejoin our conversation with apologist and professor, Dr. Bill Roach. I'm a Gen Xer and we're the latchkey generation. So I have many peers who would say to me, Mike, I don't know, I wasn't taken to church. And now I've come to faith and I'm really embarrassed because my children might know more about the Bible than I do. And what I always had to say to them is, you don't have to know everything, you just gotta be one step ahead of them. That if you can commit to a curriculum, there's just something out there that you can say, okay, I'm gonna prepare this and then I'm gonna do this. And if I can just kind of stay one step ahead, you can still disciple your family. It's just gonna take kind of the nerve to just get started. And yes, some of them are not not gonna go well. Guess what? We've all preached sermons in ministry that maybe didn't always go well either. So, you know, you you can't let that be your deterrent. And so what would you have to say as an encouragement to those families out there that maybe they didn't come up super biblically literate, but they want to lead their family? Well, I wasn't raised in a biblically literate family. I didn't even know what a Bible was till I was like 14 or 15 years old. And like anything, it takes hard work. I mean, you can't know something you're not spending time with. And that that's just a, a truism on any field. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, going to the gym, you're not going to get in shape going one day a week or once a month for 10 minutes or whatever it is. So it's a matter of realizing that you have to start somewhere and forward motion after that is going to, Lord willing, be progress. But two, I I would really tell them to seek out their local church pastors and ask them, can you equip me on how to actually do this? I need to know. And we need to teach people how to go through the text of Scripture. And that's one thing that I don't like about seeker-sensitive Bible preaching is that it doesn't actually teach you how to read the Bible. For example, um, the converse of it is, is that just to to pick an illustration, uh, one thing that I've always appreciated about John MacArthur's ministry is that by the time I finish listening to him preach a sermon, I feel like I know how to study that topic. That's one of the reasons that expositional preaching is so, so pivotal. But You know, one thing that I would tell people is that throughout the Reformation, this was a reality. You think that these people who were coming out of Catholic churches, not having the Bible given to them, presented to them, and all of a sudden, Luther slams this, you know, uh, German translation of the Bible before you and says, read. Do you think these people knew the inner workings? No. So what did they do? The Reformers made study Bibles. Right. They made confessions. Right. They made catechisms. And, you know, when you're looking at the the European Reformation, which is something I kind of nerd out on sometimes, all these different confessions, the, the Irish Confession, the Scottish Confession, the Westminster Confession, the Belgic Confession, they were all Protestants within these nations saying virtually the same thing. I mean, there's some nuance within what the actual language is saying to accomplish this very goal, to teach families 
how to know what the Bible says and the clear message of the Christian faith. So I really think the way forward is not to just run down to your local Christian bookstore and hope you're going to find some new book on the topic. In order to move forward, I recommend people look back. Go grab one of the historic confessions from the Protestant church and read through it and teach that to your family. And let me give you an example. I'm going to, part of the reason this is on my on my mind right now is Ligonier Ministries has these donate anything, uh, any amount, and you get a free book. And I just got R.C. Sproul's new book titled Truths We Confess, which is his full exposition of the Westminster Confession. And I know people have different theological differences in the Westminster Confession. Aside from that, I wanted the book because it's, it's a good book. But in the book itself, the foreword was written by Sinclair Ferguson, who is a very well-known Christian preacher. And he's talking about this lady who went on this conference with her kids and several other families. And they're sitting around and these kids started peppering her with all these questions. And then when they finished, another mom came up to her and said, how did you do that? Like you were able to answer all these different questions and you knew where to find it in the Bible and you knew what the theology was. And she just simply said this, I brought them back to the first principles that were found in the Westminster Confession. Mm. She was taught in that regard. And again, these are not robust theological tomes. They're simple propositions. And regardless of where somebody falls on the the Reformed or non-Reformed thing. This is a classic Protestant confession, and you may differ on a couple of things, but it's going to give you the big picture of what's going on. I would tell people, start with that. Let me give you another illustration of this, because I really want to drive this home, because I think there's importance with it. Vody Bauckham put out this book several years ago titled Expository Apologetics. Great book. And he's trying to talk about how did we do expositional preaching in an apologetic way. And one of the things that he told people to do is that in order to do apologetics today, why don't we go through the shorter and larger catechisms of the historic Protestant confessions? Because they give us clear summary answers that are better than something I can come up with on the street to understand what's actually going on. So what I would say is, is that get a good study Bible, get a good historic confession of the Christian faith, work your way through it with your family, get something, maybe even this one that's by Sproul or another individual, and you don't have to agree with all the secondary and third order issues, but the big thrust of the historic Christian faith is going to be well explained in clear, precise, coherent language that you can understand and teach to your family and to those within your church. Mm. Oh, you mean you don't have to just make it such a small level? I mean, you don't have to dumb it down. I mean, I think that that's so important that what you just said is take something instead of compromising its quality and just teach it and wrestle with it. Because I think what we've lost as a people is the idea of wrestling with things. You know, We just want to quickly apprehend it and comprehend it and be done with it. But like there's times when you've done deep thinking, philosophy, theology, those other things, there's times I've had to like rest after 
having some deep thoughts because I, I had to process through it. But it's no different. Like you said, the gym, it's no different than anything else that like just because it's not really not easy doesn't mean that we don't do it. No one said the Bible was easy. No one said ever being a Christian was easy. In fact, I think it's quite the opposite. But like you're talking, you're challenging people to a higher level to then challenge their families to a higher level that is going to enrich and disciple them. Exactly. And it's funny because we talk about all these people, you know, the what was the line that we had in the early 2000s and all this, why people got into apologetics. 75% of all of our kids are leaving the church the moment they go to college. And we could have a lot of different responses, but, you know, it was do apologetics. Your kids will stay. Well, maybe, but I also want to ask of those 75% that left, how many of their fathers were discipling their kids in the home before they went to college? Yikes. I can guarantee that's a lot less. <laughs> a lot less, you know. I I but, was a youth pastor during all of that that era, and it was uh, I can I can verify your what you just said that it was made that was why we had to bring him to church and hand him to you, pastor. You gotta gotta do something, pastor. And I always describe myself at that point as as a youth pastor. I was a parental resource. I wasn't designed to be the be all end all in the life of that child spiritually. They're the, and it, what you just said, the families that were that were serious and were integrated that into the regular part of their family and culture, their family's culture, and and routine. You're right, great, much much larger number of them stuck, and 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 first of all, didn't have to be entertained. You know what's what you're going to have to expect is yes, every so often you would love it if your child come home from church saying I just loved it. It was so fun today, Daddy I, or Mommy. I I it was this the best ever. I love church. I mean that and that's that's a, that's always a good thing too. But but sometimes when you set that that expectation when they go to church that they're there to to worship and to serve and and at home feeds that and instructs that and disciples that. There's a lot of times. Those kids grow up and they go to the most low tech, low amenity churches you can imagine because they just love the Lord and they just want to grow in faith. Exactly. Um, you know, an illustration of this in a broader sense, going back to Ian Murray, Ian Murray has penned three volumes on Martin Lloyd Jones, who is a name many people may not be familiar with, but he was one of the greatest preachers of the 20th century located in Wales and in London. And Lloyd-Jones took over the pastorate at Westminster Chapel. And Westminster Chapel was one of the big churches that was there, but they were given over in many respects to this seeker-sensitive idea. Seeker-sensitive ideas have been around for centuries. The difference is, is that in one generation, it's smoke machines and, you know, fog lights and all, all these different things that have come about in other generations. It's puppet ministry or some ridiculous stuff. That's like that. And Lloyd Jones, upon starting at the church said, we are doing away with all of this because the word of God is sufficient. And he literally got rid of it. And one of the first messages that he gave was, is that, uh, you know, unless we do this and we return to, 
to the sufficiency of the authority of the Word of God in both the church and our families, something's going to come, and it's going to rattle us to the core, and we're not going to be able to withstand the battle. Mm. Within a couple of weeks, Nazi Germany started dropping bombs on London. Mm. And we think about this. In the providence of God, Lloyd-Jones was used as a figure to say, okay, let's cut the fat. Let's return back and make the main things the main thing. And within the church, that's what needs to be done. We talk about why is the Bible relevant? Well, it's relevant because it's the Word of God that teaches us both faith and practice, but it's also relevant because it's that which is going to sustain the family, the soul, and the church in that regard. Mm. So my encouragement is that when people teach the Bible— and even with apologists, there's this idea that the Bible is like a consuming fire. It produces both light and heat. We need to give true light, true information, true doctrine, true apologetic, but we need to make the converse of that fire, the heat and the flame of the love of God and the gospel. And if anything gets in the way of either of those, burn it up, get rid of it, throw yeah. it away. Dr. Roach, I'd like to thank you today for joining us on Lose Yourself. We had an important conversation about the Bible's trustworthiness, its importance in our lives, and we've touched on some great issues such as how we as the church and as families need to instill those values into our children so that they can grow in their faith for future generations. If you wanna learn more about Dr. Roach and his ministry, you can go to williamroach.org and find out his speaking engagements and how to get involved in his ministry. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time on Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production of Key Radio.